Welcome to the Cool Fireman Podcast, a virtual firehouse kitchen table with What's a Rolfie, Unky, Fireman 1231, JDB Cubed, and Fireman Freddy. Let's get to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Cool Fireman Podcast, episode eight. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about what are we talking about? Mental health awareness, mental health wellness, be well in your brain. It is um, it is not the elephant in the room because elephants in the room are big and you can see them. This is a topic that's more like um, <clears throat> like a shadow in the corner that nobody sees. And, um, you know, sometimes you suspect it in somebody or yourself, um, but you don't always want to do stuff about it. And so here we are, the four of us. Um, unfortunately, Nick was not able to make it on this podcast, and I'm sure he's got a bunch of great things to say, but the four of us are here today to talk about mental health uh, awareness. And um, what I want to start out with, gents, is what we do, like in our particular departments, um, in order to kind of curb this problem that we have. Um, and we all know as firefighters, we try to, um, you know, keep this stuff to ourself, our feelings. We keep our feelings to ourselves. Um, me personally, I've experienced, um, whether it was being on the ambulance or now on the engine, but working as a paramedic, you run a call, a bad call, whether it's like a, a suicide, it doesn't matter, right? Whatever your bad call is, we tend to, um, resort to, uh, you know, making jokes about it almost. And it seems kind of morbid. And I think that people or firefighters or EMTs or paramedics that are listening to this out there can kind of relate to that. Um, because I think that's pretty common. And I just saw, I think all three of you guys kind of nod your head when I said that we make jokes about it and people that aren't in the business that don't run these calls and see things that normal civilians probably aren't supposed to see in life. Um, that, you know, you might get a better understanding of kind of what I mean by, you know, joking about it and that's getting back in the rig and, you know, not making fun of anybody, that's for sure. Um, but just, you know, making light of the, um, of the call that we just ran on. So in my particular department, I'll just kind of start, I'm kind of hosting this thing with Jigger. So let me, uh, let me start real quick. So just basically the first line of defense for us in my department is we have a peer support network. Uh, we have uh, people who have volunteered their time <clears throat> to take very, you know, limited amount of um, classes. Um, but it's a person that it's a peer. So all the way from battalion chief, all the way down to the rank of firefighter, we have a list of people that we can call if we have a problem or we just need to talk, we need to vent, we need to get something off our chest. That's kind of like our first line of defense. Um, our department has been very proactive in this. Um, we've seen um, a guy in a different department. Uh, we haven't been affected in my department per se, but uh, outside of my department, we've had a guy just recently in the last few years jump off a bridge on the freeway. Uh, due to mental uh, health stuff, it started off with a, an injury at work, got caught on pain meds, the The wife went south, and then he just couldn't do it, wrote a letter basically saying I couldn't do it anymore and jumped off the bridge. So um, yeah, but like wait. I said, our department is very proactive. I'm very lucky. I feel blessed to be in a department that wants to take care of our brains and uh, all this um, crappy stuff that we have to see, we can get it off our chest. Uh, we use a company called TCTI or the Counseling Team International. And if we go on a really crappy call, a kid <clears throat> passes away or whatever, some something where we deem that it's you know pretty nasty, we'll have a, a counselor come in and we do a debrief. We all get in a circle and this guy or gal, and it seems so silly, right? I don't know if you guys have done this before a debrief. I'm sure you have. But before you do your first one, you're like, how is this going to really help me? You know what I mean? Like, so I'm going to sit here and talk about my feelings with a bunch of people, but these people, they have ways of yanking this crazy, you know, like things that are in your head, these thoughts in your head, yank them out of you, you talk about it. And then you almost have some sort of closure 
on these nasty calls. So I'm very blessed, um, very thankful for my department and what they do for us and our mental health. One more short thing from me, a neighboring department to the north of me, uh, also a smaller department, but a little bit bigger than ours. They actually put together a spouse's um, uh, clinic. And so basically gave my, my wife an opportunity to go to that department and speak with other wives and husbands of, um, of firefighters and kind of what they deal with at home, because we get home, we're cranky. We, you know, we were up four or five times after midnight, we saw a kid die, not, you know, we keep it to ourselves, whatever it is, but, um, so they can kind of talk about, you know, what they deal with us at home, which was pretty cool. Uh, Freddie, any, uh, any different, uh, what, what, what does your department do for mental health awareness? So I'm actually, um, I feel like I'm also pretty blessed, um, with our department. Uh, we have, um, on our department, a Lieutenant who is a licensed counselor. Um, and you know what, he's published in fire engineering magazine twice. Uh, his name's Lieutenant Dave Papandrea. Um, he is, uh, super knowledgeable. He is, I mean, he's awesome. He, he is absolutely awesome. And my first year uh, on my department, um, I had some uh, of my own personal struggles and uh, I was able to talk with him a little bit uh, amongst other members of the department and uh, definitely um, was able to offload the best way that I like to describe it. And and, and to, to be honest, without trying to get too into the weeds with it, um, I try to describe it as uh, the calls that we run or the stress stressors that we have. I describe it as a backpack. And every time you run a call, you backpack, put another backpack. You put another brick in the backpack. Sorry, I had technical and difficulties, guys. You're good. Uh, you put another brick in the backpack, you know, so to say. And um, having that good support system, having the the trusted people. They're able to, you know, come up behind you, give you a pat on the back and take one or two of those bricks out of your backpack so that it isn't weighing down on you. So that it isn't, you know, you don't feel that weight on you. Um, we just established within our union um, a, a mental health committee. And we earmarked uh, $10,000 to um, go towards members um should they need it to supplement our um, our uh, health insurance um, offset any costs or what have you? If somebody wants to uh, go to the IAFF Center for Excellence or something like that, um, you know, we can uh, tap into that earmark ten thousand dollars and you know transportation or if they need help with copays or what have you. Um, so we are taking mental health very seriously uh, on my department. We've had um, a couple of our members who, um, you know, have had uh, runs in with, with some serious mental health conditions. Um, I know myself, um, I go to counseling once every two weeks. That's something that I've been doing uh, five, six, it's probably upwards of six years now. Um, it's something that's that's important to me. Um, there's a lot of times that during the hour session that I have with my therapist, we may not even get into anything deep. It may be absolutely topical, uh, just chit-chatting or what have you, but it helps me to remove those bricks from my backpack and, 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 and get it off of my mind. And there are days that my sessions are deep and there's days that my sessions are, you know, just chit-chatting with a friend. I think that's that part of it comes into it too, uh, with these debriefings or if you go to therapy is, is a level of trust that you have with the person that you're talking with or with the group that you're talking with, because I, I feel like people are more likely to open up, uh, and, and tell you what's bothering them if they feel like it's, you know, we said that on the first episode, the safe space and what have you. Um, but if they do feel like, you know, if, if I peel back my layers and show you this stuff, that's very vulnerable to me, is that going to end up hurting me in the long run? 
or are you going to be somebody that's an ally to me? Um, and I'd like to think that the four of us, Nick included, for anybody listening, uh, we're always messageable. So, you know, if you do need an ear to talk to, um, please reach out to us. Um, we're, we're great listeners. Uh, none of us are, are experts, but we're all going through it. And uh, if we can, if we can help you, you know, in any way, if we can, you know, keep you from making a, a bad decision, I, I, I think that's a win. And the whole reason why we're doing this. Dude, I commend you every, every other week going to counselor. That's, that's awesome. And the backpack analogy, pulling bricks out of the backpack. I mean, dude, and you know, I, and I was just sitting here listening to your story and, and what you guys do. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm hoping if we can just like touch one person from this podcast about, you know, someone that's having negative feelings, or maybe they, you know, have never reached out to anybody to talk about stuff like that. So that's a win. That's so cool. Uh, Unky, what do you got, buddy? Okay. Um, at our at our department in the federal service, we have CAP, which is Civilian Employee Assistant Program. Uh, it's a website, uh, a phone call, or an, and you can also you have a counselor come to the scene. We did that uh, a couple of years ago. We had a really bad uh, suicide, and uh, our our big chief got a CAP counselor come out and talk to everybody. That was great. Uh, we also we stand up. We have the base chaplains. As always, they deal with that kind of stuff, mental health every day, all day long with their other people. Um, we also have a peer support program. We got training from it's I can't remember the company, but Hopewell in Hopewell, Virginia, they put all their firefighters like in a rookie school wise, they put them all through this class about mental health and help be a peer support person. So it kind of explains them to everything that goes on in the fire service. Um, so that's, that's what my fire department offers. Doug, what do you got? My department is pretty, uh, let me turn this up a little bit. I need to hear myself. I need, I need some <laughs> reverb. I think that's what they call it in the technical terms. Sorry. I had a technical difficulty there earlier. <clears throat> is that what it is? I need to hear myself in my headphones. Yeah. Probably. Um, we have a great peer support team. I actually have an interview in, uh, two Fridays from now, whatever that day is. Um, you don't have to peer support team. In peer support team. Uh, I am going to CIT training March 20th through 24th as well. Um, I have a very traumatic background. Um, I lost my mother when I was 12 years old, and I don't know that I really ever dealt with that until shit, man, probably. 25 30 years old that I really accepted that and and dealt with that emotion like that grieving process you know there's the eight steps of grief or grieving or 12 whatever it is you know I mm. it's more stuff that I need to know about so um that compounded I have an older sister I had an older sister excuse me she passed away last year um my sister started going off the rails Dad was always working, trying to support the family because he was never the government assistant type. They let me go work, you know. So dad was always gone working. My sister rebelled. She went the opposite direction. I tried to stay the straight and narrow the best I could. Um, so I just kind of put all that stuff away for the longest time, thinking I'm a, you know, I'm a man. I got, I got to put that away. I can't show anybody I'm vulnerable. Like it's cool, man. My mom, dad, whatever. I'm tough. Well, dude, you're 12 years old and your mother just died. Like mm -hmm. you're going into your teenage years and you need that motherly presence in your life. Like she needs to teach you so much more about life. So I kind of had to get it from the rough, as they say, um, and or get it from the mud, I guess, as the kids say. But um, it, it was a tough time. And I, I, I went on about my adult life. And again, I, until I was probably 25 or 30, I didn't really want to address that. Um, thankfully, my department is phenomenal about that and really and my great wife who just came out here on, I'm on my deck right now, um, really helped me with a lot of this stuff and said, Douglas, you need to deal with this stuff. You can't just keep shoving it away and shoving it away. Like you need to address it, handle it head on. Well, then my dad passed and, or prior to him, it was my closest uncle. He passed. Uh, we talked about cancer last week. Uh, mom was cancer. My closest uncle was cancer. My dad was cancer. My dad was uh, a year and some change after my, my closest uncle died. Um, 
four years, five years after dad died, we had a tornado. Uncle, you might remember the tornadoes that came through here a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. the one, the one fatality in Chesterfield County was my uncle, Ronnie Bishop. Uh, uh, yeah. And I responded to the call. Like I went to the building collapse that he was in uh, and I'm like, shit, man, this is the building my uncle works at is somebody tell me where Ronnie's at. So I tried calling his wife, you know, she, of course she didn't answer cause she didn't know anything. It's just whatever trauma, 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 trauma. Yeah. And thankfully my wife was like, Douglas, you have got to deal with this. Like you can't just keep taking medicine and hoping it's going to be okay. Like that's just because you're depressed and anxious. A, a, a pill doesn't fix all that. You need to talk to somebody. You need to, you need to get these feelings out. Um, And I did, and it got a lot better. She's been my saving grace is that woman that's in the house right now. Um, I'd probably be face down in a, you know, pool of blue toilet water, you know? Uh, And then I find out last year, um, last July, I'm in Lynchburg playing ball with our ball team, our softball team. And I get a phone call from my nephew and he says, Hey, have you talked to your sister? Nah. Uh, I just got a phone call from some strangers said that they think she's dead. Well, found out that my sister overdosed and died um, after several phone calls. So the trauma just kept coming. I'm like, well, shit, man, what have I got left now? Like, I don't have both of my parents are dead. All of my grandparents are dead. My closest uncle is dead. My only sister's dead. Like, I don't have any family left. All I have is my wife and her family who have been, thankfully, not going to the family to me. So I've been grateful for that and being able to talk to those people and not being afraid to talk to people about it. Not not being that tough guy saying, oh, I'm, I, I can handle it. No, the hell you can't, man. You might think you can. And on the exterior, you might put out that vibe. But inside, man, that's just eating you alive. Like, talk about it. it it's okay. It's not a – it's. It's stronger to me to talk about that, and to, especially to somebody who understands, somebody who's been through the same things, which is kind of why we relate. You mentioned, you know, finding some humor in in tragedy because it kind of. I don't want to say passes passes the buck, but it kind of it our, our dark humor kind of puts it in a perspective that we understand. If that it makes almost sense. normalizes it, right? It, right, it, because we we see it so much. Um, it, it's, it, it, you're right. It kind of numbs it and you get, mm-hmm. you, you kind of become tone deaf to it. Um, but we understand that because we all see it. So we talk to each other about it a lot, but we don't really deal with it. We're just talking about it. We're not talking about why and the feelings it's causing because of it. We're just talking about it to each other. Well, that's not accomplishing anything. Hey man, how does it make you feel? Hey man, what do you, what are you thinking about when you think about that? Because, you know, I, I heard an analogy a while back about combat vets versus first responder PTSD. And, you know, first responder or excuse me, combat vets, wherever that combat zone was at, whether it be Fallujah, Iraq, Afghanistan, whatever, when they come home, that's still there. Like they're coming home and that's not here anymore. Whereas, yeah, they got the memories. They got the memories, but they're not physically in it. Right. You know, I ran a, a, a 16 or 17 year old kid who hung himself about a month, six weeks ago. Excuse me, my dog's barking. And I had to pronounce the kid as the only as the first paramedic there. I had to pronounce the kid. And every time I go down that street or hear a dispatch to that street, that's going to ring a bell for me. Like I can't get away from it. I didn't leave Afghanistan. Now, now I'm by no means comparing the two. PTSD is PTSD, but it becomes the the, the video I watched. The guy was talking about man. I feel you know the firemen and the and the first responders and the paramedics and the police. Like every time they make a corner and there's a bad wreck here, they're going to rehash that incident. So every time I hear that now, I think about that. And I've got a kid that's the same age as that kid that I just watched hanging in his garage. A boy at that. And this was a young man. Like, I'm like, man, it hits you so deep. Mm-hmm. But back, I got way off track there. But back to the to what my department does. My department has an, an amazing peer support team. Um, the first fatal fire I ran was in 2016. We, I think five people died in that fire. Five or six, five. Um, when we got back to the station, we shift changed on scene. We got back to the station. Peer support was waiting for us when we got there. That's awesome. And every and every drastic and dramatic and 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 major incident that we've had since then, it's been that way. They've been waiting for you. They'll even come to the scene if they, if it's an extended thing. I've been to three fatal fires, and they've been there for every one of them. And that's a lot in eight years. That's a three fatal fires is a lot. You know, that's a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but Especially our peer support team is amazing. I feel like, especially in a big area like yours, right? For you to, it's, for you to, for you to be able to roll that dice and you end up on three of them. Yeah, there's guys that go thirty year careers and never go to one, and I've been to three, and two of them involve kids. God, that stuff eats you up, man. 
So our peer support team is amazing. They will meet you at the scene. All you got, hey, chief, we need peer support. Done. They're there. Whoever's on duty. Again, that's why I want to get on the peer support team. Or I'm trying to get. I have an interview next week or two weeks. Sorry. Um, because I want to share my traumatic experiences and how I got through them and help other people get through them. Because I feel like I can relate to a lot of the firemen in our job who have been to those 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 rough car wrecks, those those fatal fires, you know, what have you. Um, the the really traumatic car wrecks, the 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 dismemberments and all that. I don't want to get way down the weeds with stuff. We're not we're trying to not go to negative town, but I want to do what I can um, because those people have been there for me, and I want to do what I can in my life. I probably got nine years left before I retire, maybe maybe five uh maybe four depends on how bad my day is but anyway <laughs> i want to do what i can to 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 help the people who have helped me and you know they they say to each one teach one kind of thing you know what i mean like those people were there for me now i need to pass that along i need mm-hmm. to pass it down to the younger generation I, i'm again i've only got nine left but there's guys out there with 25 30 years left i want to talk to those guys and those guys take my place and say look man the the old heads pass it down to me let me help you out now yeah. Talk to me. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go play golf, man. Let's go kick rocks. You know, whatever. Let's take you know, a there's walk. that there's that old there's that old saying uh, within the fire service that the best thing that an old firefighter can do is teach a young firefighter how to be an old firefighter. Absolutely. And a lot of times, uh, I think as that phrase has grown up, it meant you know sounding the floor, reading smoke. Uh, any more though, I think included in that is like, Hey man, like, don't take this shit home. It's not, you know, you, you gotta be able to decompress. And, and to be honest with you, uh, I wanted to transition into this. Um, it's not, it's not just us that are dealing with this. It's our families too, you know? And I don't, absolutely. I don't know if, if I've shared all the details uh, with you guys, but uh, um, my my wife left her job um, early <clears throat> 2022 um, for for major depressive disorder. She checked herself into the hospital wow. uh, for for major depressive disorder because she was at the point where she was working 70 hours a week. In, in, you know, in her words, she was missing a lot of the kids' lives and oh. and she was just, you know, it was very toxic for her. And that was a very scary uh, time of my life. Um, it was obviously very scary for her. It was very taxing. Um, she's doing better now. Um, but that that point in time, that that. um period of our lives is hard because us as 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 men maybe us as firefighters we're we're fixers you know we identify a problem and we try and find the quickest most effective efficient solution to the problem and i couldn't i couldn't fix the problem so i was trying to be strong um and it's almost not what was needed. So, you know, there, there was a, there was a lot, um, there was a lot of, of um, inner thought, I guess you could say a lot of, you know, trying to figure things out because that was, you know, when, when you have somebody that you love that much and they're at the point where, you know, they they have to check themselves in somewhere because they're worried about doing something, you know, harmful. That that's that's where it that's where to you know the shit gets real, if you will. So um for us being able to decompress so that we can be there for our families who are also doing it, that that are going through it, it that's that's huge. That's that's huge. And to be honest with you, we can say we know. But when we're off on our 24s or 72s or 96s or whatever we're working, we don't know what our families are going through when we're gone. You you know, my, my wife, 10 days a month, 120 days a year is a single parent. Yeah. And that's if I don't pick up overtime. 
Mm-hmm. She's got to get the kids to places sometimes in two separate directions, get dinner going, walk a dog, do this, do that. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard. So a, a lot of those stressors get put onto our families. And then, you know, we come back after our shift and maybe we were up all night. Maybe we were stressed out. Maybe we did run a horrible call. And a lot of times all we want to do is come home and just sleep or just decompress. And, you know, sometimes that's not the option. No. We were just gone for 48. We've got, we got to jump back into dad mode. That's you know one reason why I don't mind working 60 miles from my house. Um, yeah, it's a good ride home. It gives me that drive home or even the drive in. You know, I leave at 545 in the morning. I got my cup of coffee mm-hmm. and I got my podcast or I just sometimes I'll find myself 20 minutes into my drive and I'll go, oh, I don't even have any music on. My brain will just yeah. be thinking about stuff or, you know, on the ride home, thinking about any calls that I was on. And so you guys bring up amazing points. You guys just talked 10 minutes or so about, you know, family issues and bringing that to the firehouse as just as much as bringing firehouse stuff home. Right. I think of it as like a, like a coat. I've always thought of it as a coat and this is what I try to do. I, I, I get to work from my, my, my vehicle. I shut the door and I take my coat off my home coat and I hang it on a hook that's outside the fire station that you obviously can't see. I'm just telling you, this is a metaphor. Metaphorical. Metaphorical. My metaphorical uh, coat. And and that way, when I walk in to work, I'm not bringing my home stuff to work and then vice versa. I'm leaving. I put the coat back on and I go home. Right. But yeah, me too. Way easier said than done. Much. And that's why we're here. And that's why it's such a big topic. In you fact, know, talk- well, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Finish up. No, no. I was just going to bring up a statistic uh, in a, you know, just a little bit of the research that I've done or that I, that I read about. They, they asked a thousand firefighters, um, you know, a bunch of questions come to find out 47% of them have thought about suicide. 47%. I mean, that's almost 500, that's 470 firefighters out of a thousand has said that they have thought about suicide. And then I think from there, it's about 19% of those have actually gone through and tried suicide. And then um, 16 of them, uh, 16% actually follow through with it, which is staggering. I mean, it's just crazy. And it's because of all these things in conjunction together of that, what we're talking about, home life, work life, bad calls, relationship problems, your, your folks, your sister, cancer. I mean, all this crazy stuff. It's just, it's, yep. it's, you know, bricks, bricks, just like you said. Yeah. Bricks in a backpack. Yeah. Um, I was, I was talking about earlier about how, how amazing my wife is. Um, I've, I don't want to say I've got her conditioned, but she understands. Yeah. <laughs> I've got she a, has a, you a conditioned. <laughs> I've got a 45 or 50 minute drive home, like Matt said. So I've got a little time to unwind and fix myself. But if I had a bad day or or a bad call or bad night, whatever, it doesn't matter. She knows that, look, when Douglas says I need some time or, hey, I need to sleep or whatever, she respects the shit out of that. And that, that's all you can ask for. And then when I'm, if I want a nap or whatever, or, you know, she'll come at me at lunchtime. Hey, do you want something to eat? Do you want to talk about it? You know, whatever. She's amazing about that. Absolutely amazing. And Matt, I'm in that 47%. I've thought about it. There was a time in my life when all those people passed away. And when my sister finally passed away, because it, it was, it wasn't a matter of like we talked about with cancer. It wasn't a matter of if it was a matter of when, because she lived a terrible lifestyle and she got caught up in the wrong side of, of life. Um, and when she finally passed away, it, it, I had that brief thought. And then it was almost like a relief. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to worry about her anymore. Yeah. Um, as, as I don't want to say harsh as that is to say, like, I know she's not doing those things anymore. And she's, she's better off because she was down the wrong path. But I was in that 47%. I had that thought. I never once thought about acting on it, but I had that thought of, would it be better? So I'm not I'm not too proud to say that, and and it doesn't make me less of a man. It doesn't make I don't care. I've it's for me. It's it makes me more of a man to say you know what I'm just I'm just saying what you're thinking, bro. You know, hundred percent. You're definitely not alone, man. You see the shirt I'm wearing. This is this is a buddy of mine. Our PIO at work, Lieutenant Kenny Mitchell, has this operation. uh, This foundation called Operation Yellow Tape, 
a buddy. It, it started with a buddy of his who who took his life. And Kenny's like, look, man, we can't keep doing this. And you, I don't, I can't, you can't see the back of it, but it says there's too many of us to ever feel alone. And that's exactly mm-hmm. like, bro, you're not alone in this. Everybody feels this way. Again, you just said it. Forty seven percent. One out of two feels the way that I felt. So I could throw a dart at the fire station and catch somebody mm-hmm. who's felt that way. Hey, man, let, let's let's talk for a minute, man. Mm-hmm. Huge. I'm going through um, company officer training right now. And a part of it is, you know, I'm a huge company guy. Like I take care of the guys first. We talked about this when we were talking about how, you know, how important exercise is and diet and what we're eating at the firehouse and being able to recognize when your guys are off is part of that. You know, they come in, something's weighing on their shoulders. Hey, what's going on, man? Shut the door. You know, what's going on? You know, oh, hey, uh, I'm having troubles with the wife. Okay, you want to talk about it? You know, that's all part of it, man. You don't have to be a captain, though. You know, I'm just bringing that up. I mean, this is just part of my training that I'm going through. You could be a firefighter um, and you all the way up to the battalion chief. Like I said, my peer support network goes from battalion chief all the way down to firefighter. doesn't matter who you are. So. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, and you it's got, peer support is peer support. Peer support is anybody in the industry, right. whether that be in Matt's department, in Unky's department, doesn't matter. He still appeared to me. Yeah. Like I don't give a damn what you are. My senior, my senior uh, firefighter helped me through get my sobriety and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. That actually <laughs> that actually point, brings Unky. that that brings a, a different wrinkle into it is is the coping mechanisms. Yeah. Um. And listen. We're not, I, I know I can speak for all of us. We're not here to pass judgment. We're not here to tell you not to do, to do whatever, you know, you do you. However, um, when you do something to excess, um, that's when it starts becoming dangerous. When you're, when you're harming yourself to try and cover up those feelings, when you're um, getting dependent. yourself. Yeah. When you when become dependent yourself, on them. Yeah, when you're getting yourself—that's exactly what I was gonna say. When you're getting yourself dependent yeah. on, you know, I had a crappy call. I can't wait till I get home. I might have two or three bourbons just so that I can forget about it. And that's, that's where when, it starts becoming dangerous. In that's my where the self-reflection has to happen because y- your buddies can't do it all. You've got to self-reflect a little. You've got to have it in you to say, you know what, dude, you you need to slow it down. Something's wrong with you. All right, it starts with you. And if you need to talk to somebody, by all means, do it. But if you can't look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, man. Do you really need to do that? Do you really need to? I can't wait to get home because I got to get a beer. I'm drinking beer because I'm off for five days and I'm going to Carolina tomorrow to meet Nick and we're going on a hog hunt Saturday. Yeah. I'm off for five days, so I'm enjoying a cold beer on my deck because the weather's nice. Yeah. <laughs> but when you get to the point where you feel like you've got to, hey, man, I can't wait to get home because I got to have this drink to fix my day. If you need a drink to fix your day, you've got deeper issues than that day. It's not yeah. just the day, man. Okay. I'm going to tell you what, if you feel like you need a drink, to fix your day, call a friend. Yes. Have it have a drink. Have a drink with your friend. With you know a why? friend, right? Because you're gonna sit there, you're gonna converse. It's not gonna be yeah. You know, you're gonna converse. You know, hopefully that friend is a good uh you know support system for you. And you know, I'm telling you, even if it's topical, even if you don't dig to the bedrock of what's going on where you're laying on a couch and you're talking about how your mom didn't give you hugs when you were three years old or whatever. It doesn't matter. Sitting down, being able to just connect with a peer and just offload your bricks, I think is, is offload the bricks, man. That's awesome. I, I, I think love that. That's, one. that's gotta be, that's, that's, that's gotta be a, a, a rallying charge. You know, there's a lot of it out there right now saying it's okay to not be okay. That, and there's it, a man. stigma right now that, oh man, I don't go to therapy. That's for wusses. It isn't though. It isn't. It's maturity. Being yeah, able it's... to admit that you need to talk out some of your inner demons is maturity. Everybody's got them, dude. I don't give a damn who you are, where you come from. Everybody has them. Everybody. Yeah. And, and it can go up and down. You can you could hire yeah. a guy who's brand new on a department, 26 years old, you're 42. And you sit there and you find that he is the easiest person to talk to and you can confide in him and he helps you through it. Awesome. 
Or you could be 31 years old. You're talking to the 62-year-old guy who won't freaking retire, but he's able to help you through whatever you're going through. All right. It doesn't have to be somebody your age with two kids and a picket fence and 1.2 dogs and what I, have I you. talked to a, I talked to a guy at work yesterday. Um <clears throat> at the expense of getting too deep into this and, and being too uh it's not HIPAA, but it's the HIPAA kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to divulge too much information, but um, he's dealing with a lot of stuff at home. And some stuff happened, not yesterday, but shift day before that, that uh, I don't, it wasn't, it was some jumping to conclusions and uh, a little bit of anger that was projected that had he not been dealing with these things he was dealing with, probably wouldn't have happened. Well, yesterday I found out that he's been dealing with these things and I said, look, man, here's the deal. We all deal with things, okay? It doesn't matter what it is. If you need, hey, man, I'm ha- I'm having a shit day or I'm having a shit week or whatever, can I? Can y'all just kind of, you know, just, look, I'm here, but when, when, when you need me, I'm here. But, like, other than that, I need to be kind of working through some things. But you got to talk to us, man. You got to tell us that. And we had a really good conversation yesterday about that and how, you know, even though you have a family at home, you have another family when you put your uniform on and we are just as much family as they are because you spend almost as much time with us as you do with them. So we need to know those things, man. Tell us it's okay. You can divulge what you want to divulge. It doesn't have to get down to the nth detail, but like bring us in on those things when, you know, with, if it's affecting your emotional state and your mental state, you know, my boss is, is great about that. Her and I have a really good working relationship uh, and a personal relationship for that matter. Like we have, we, we talk about things that, most most boss and subordinates wouldn't talk about, but we have a great relationship like that. And, you know, it's we we're comfortable sharing that because we know that it's going to be dealt with accordingly. And if you know, if she's feeling bad, she hey Doug, can you take pick up some slack today? Hey boss, I'm feeling bad. Can you pick up some slack today? It's it's amazing. And I'm trying to get that through to him, the guy I was talking about yesterday. And I think I think it finally hit home with him. And um I think we're making progress there. So again, he's young kid. So, you know. I remember that sometimes be, the happiest be, people sometimes that sometimes the happiest people are the are the are the ones that are that are struggling the most. Robin Williams is the best picture of that mm-hmm. to me. All right, funniest guy in the world, smile on his face all the time. You know, you just don't know what people are dealing with, man. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely right. And I don't think I don't think we covered it, but. Uh, <laughs> They they just launched. I can't remember when they launched it. To be a hundred percent honest with you, it's been within the last six months. But everybody knows how to call the fire department, call the police department. What's that number? Everybody say it for me. Nine one one. Nine one one. Nine one one. They just launched. It's nationwide. You can text it. You can call it. It's nine eight eight, and somebody will be there. You can text them. You could talk to them. Um, it's strictly devoted. It's like a suicide uh, help hotline. It's a mental health hotline. There are professionals, there are counselors, uh, somebody to talk to on the other end. If if you're nervous about talking to somebody, you can text if it's easier for you to text. Um, but um, I just, I, I beg before somebody um, does something drastic that you, you reach out to 988, you, you reach out to one of us, you reach out to... Um, you know, somebody in your department. Um, I just did a TikTok about that the other day. Man. Like, you know, what, what that guy from New York was saying was like, man, I'd rather be at the fire at the at the kitchen table with my guys. And yeah. that was the that was the emphasis of my TikTok. Was like, look, man, those guys are there because I like I talked about earlier, we deal with the same thing, so we can relate to that. But at the same time, if you can't, if you don't relate to any of those guys, man, look, there's four people on the screen right now. Nick's one of them. Nick's the fifth. You know, whatever, man. Anybody that's anybody will listen to you, man. Um, shit, I had a thought and it went away just like that. Part in the whirlwind. Pew. Well, I mean, all good stuff here. Um, we're talking a lot. We've brought up stories, so I hope that you know if if you're one of those guys that it's tough to go talk to somebody. Um, hopefully, maybe we've changed your mind. And if not, you know, maybe rewind and watch this again. (laughs) Uh, um, (laughs) But there are things that you can do in your life that bring down your stress level. 
And um, some things that I've researched or looked up or heard from other people is number one is sleep. Like humans need sleep. There's very few um, humans on this earth. Uh, I know like one of them is like Elon Musk does. He sleeps like two hours, like Donald Trump sleeps like three hours, apparently. But the elf. No. Nom- buddy the elf yeah. i got a uh, solid 40 minutes solid 40 minutes <laughs> so prioritize your sleep get good sleep if something's keeping you up at night get it out of your room we my wife and i just had to move our dog downstairs it's horrible like we felt horrible it's like a family oh, no. but dude our dog he just moves all night long he's scratching whatever so we had to move him downstairs into his crate but um you do what you gotta do to get your sleep in man um improve your diet too much caffeine, too much booze, um, you know, too much sugar, too much, all this stuff that we've talked about in prior podcasts, keeping your, your diet good and your health, uh, exercise, exercise outside. Uh, dude, I, when I, when I had my heart attack in October, um, it had been a you few You were months. outside, right? <laughs> I was outside <laughs> and I worked out prior. So maybe this isn't, this isn't, a good <laughs> I'm example. joking. I pick up a lot of people up at the gym and carry them to the hospital. I'm just saying, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, get outside. But what I was going to say was, you know, I hadn't worked out for a few months after I'd had a heart attack, and all I wanted to do was sweat. And like that first sweat, I wore a sweatshirt, and I, it was actually kind of raining outside. And I know in California, I know it's raining. Um, and uh, so running and just sweating just makes you feel so much better. It's, you know, it gets all that crap out of your life. And uh, one that I thought was pretty interesting was like, diversify your life, do different things. Like one guy, yeah. you know, I don't know if you guys have two showers in your bathroom at work. Um, but like my, one guy I was working with years ago on the Switch ambulance, he said, he goes, don't, don't take a shower. And you know how we're like creatures of habit. We don't yeah. have uh, places at the table, but we really do. You know what I mean? But like, take a shower in the other shower, like diversify things, switch things up, make your brain think, you know what I mean? Use That'll... the other stall for your morning <laughs> yeah. constitutional. We, we, yeah. we poop in the same toilet and we pee in the same urinal. Right. It's like, yeah. a, it's just, it's just the way yeah. we work, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You're right. Get out of your bubble. Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And include your family. Keep your family in your life. Talk to them, communicate. Um, you know, you, Doug, you've talked about your family and Fred, you've talked about your family. Unc, I know you're, t- you're thinking about your family. Um, I haven't talked about mine, but everything that you guys have said has, relates to me and 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 how I, my family and I deal with these things throughout our, our day-to-day stuff. So um, counselor, Fred, you said it, you try to go yeah. to one every other week or so. Hey, don't forget your department's EAPs. Yeah, right. EAPs, every, every major organization and department has one of those. Right. Yeah, that's truly, that's pure confidential. And you get like eight or 10 visits or eight or 10 contacts or whatever i don't know how, how they word it but like you yeah. get to contact them almost all the time anytime yeah. you need to and, and it's free of charge if you're listening to this and you've never heard of this in your department you know that's criminal that your department hasn't let you yeah. know that you even have this but go to your, Talk HR, to your hr yeah go ask. to hr and ask hey what, what's, what's, what's um you know what's available to me i have a problem with alcohol it doesn't matter what it is and like you said uh doug it's it's completely confidential you know yeah and then uh don't uh, forget your pets yeah yeah, kick them out of your bed. Emotional yeah. support animals. Emotional support animals. Uh, the the department just north of us actually just got the fire department just got an emotional support dog. One of mine is poking her head out of the dog door right now. There you go. So <laughs> there is ways to reduce your day to day stress, you know, and stressors, and put in controls in your life that don't allow. It's always going to happen. It doesn't matter what, what control you put in your life. It's always going to creep around the corner. You know what I mean? It's always going to say, hi, I'm still here. You know, it's just how you deal with it. So it's what's in your hula hoop of control. That's what me and my therapist talk about. Oh. So that's your little space. So, you know, Doug's, Doug's being a jerk to me today. Well, what's in my hula hoop of control? I'm I can just be nice to Doug. You know, I can be nice to him. I, you know, maybe get on his good side. Let's go watch Tombstone together. Let's see. Hell yeah. A little bit better. See, there yeah. we go. See, Doug's and, not angry anymore. Shit. <clears throat> I, I've been, been going to the th- therapist for years, probably over four years now. Then I had a break and I did a couple years early on in my career. And I just went today and I reviewed, like, I got the five tips to find the right therapist. And yes. oh, I like it. Let's do yes. it. I mean, you all start with, uh, you know, you got your department programs and stuff like that. Uh, but you always call your insurance card. Get your insurance card out. Call them. 
ask him who's you know who's in my network, blah 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 blah, and you find them. And uh, one, it's going to take a few visits to uh, establish them understanding you, where you're coming from. Jeez, uh, it's taken to me. It's, it feels like forever trying to explain <laughs> to my therapist what um, how the far print works because they don't know. He's one of mine. Oh, you heard him. I did. Get down, baby. <laughs> so it takes a, takes a while to establish with your therapist uh, who you are and kind of what you're going through. So that's one. Um, maybe consider every week or every two weeks going to, until you get established with them. You got a relationship or rapport with them. Um, and it's okay to switch your therapist. They don't mind it. If you're not vibing with your therapist, they understand it. They want you to make sure you get the help that Absolutely. you need. So they don't mind if you switch up. Um, always have two appointments on the books. Uh, if you can't make appointment number one and, and you forget to reschedule, you got appointment number two still on the books. That was that's a big thing with me. Uh, for all my doctor's appointments, I try to at least schedule two out because I've bail on you, you know, on the, the next appointment, I'll forget for months. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, try to keep a monthly appointment, even if everything's going well. Because you don't know when life will take a left-hand turn. And it might be a couple months for you to get in there. Yeah. So, I mean, everything, I've been blessed recently. Everything's going great. But I still go see my therapist, check in with her. Uh, we just did a period. We didn't see each other since beginning of December. She got, you know, stuff going on in her life and stuff. I tell you, I was excited going in this morning. You know, just trying to catch up with her. But you know, my therapist was really um, very helpful in my sobriety and everything else in my life. So I had a lot to uncover. It was really good. But yeah, this is five things. So just don't give up on it. Yeah. You, you, you got to give it a minute. Yeah. yeah. Your, your shining star success story of it, of how successful it can be or how, how beneficial it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, if you oh, just yeah. apply yourself and, and, and say, you know what, it's, it's okay to not be okay. We just talked about that, Freddie. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. But you've got to you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, "Hey, man, you're not okay." Yeah, and it's, I have no problem telling everybody about uh, my past sobriety, uh, my first failed marriage, uh, all the trauma I saw early on yeah. in my career, throughout my career. You know, did you know gun metal tastes like uh, a penny? It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Hmm. Or if you can't look yourself in the mirror have enough faith and trust in your family members and those who love you to say, look, man, something's wrong and say, you know what? Okay. I, they, they're keep it. If enough people say it, it's gotta be true. Yeah. Listen to people outside for sure. Yes. You know, you get so people who truly care about you unconditionally, unconditional people who love you unconditionally have your best interest at heart. Always. Yeah. You get so always. tunnel vision in your life and you can't listen to people. And when it's multiple sources coming at you with the same thing, it's like, hmm, you know, maybe uh, drop the ego a little bit for just maybe a there's something to that, yeah. yeah. And and think like, hmm, you know, maybe I should put a little extra thought into what they're saying, <clears throat> yep. you know. And that could go. I mean, that goes for anything, you know. Yeah, what I mean, he, yeah. You know, someone tells you you had too many drinks. To somebody talks to you about relationship advice, you're like, hey, maybe this person isn't so good. Well, you're so tunnel vision, you know. Maybe think about it or talk yeah, to somebody man. about oh. it. All this stuff adds up and it makes you react in the world negatively, you know, making bad choices. Yeah. Just everything piles on you. You'll start making just bad choices in general. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, they, they, they just compound itself. Yeah. They just and, keep compounding. And just, from, and just remember, too, uh, you know, you don't have to get into the weeds if you're going to talk to somebody. You could very easily go to somebody on your department or, or a friend of yours and just be like, Hey, you know what? I am, I am really struggling right now. I am not ready to talk about it, but I just want you to know that I am dealing with something right now. And I hope to very soon, you know, be able to open up a little bit. Uh, that helps I, personally. I think that's going to end up helping, helping you out in the fact that, you know, if you're quiet around the fire station, if you're, if you're a little bit more reserved, um, uh, outside of what you're used to, if you're more, if you're usually the extrovert, you know, outgoing, cracking jokes, pulling pranks, and all of a sudden it's a nosedive, um, people are going to notice, they're going to ask you, um, and you don't have to talk about it right away. You can say, you know what, 
I am. I am dealing with something. Thank you for noticing or, or what have you. And just just know that there are those people out there that do uh, want to talk to you. They do want to help. Um, but when you're ready. Yeah, that circles back to. to be, doesn't have to be when they're ready. It's when you're ready. That circles back to the stages of grieving I was talking about. I'm, I think acceptance is the first step. I may be wrong, but I, acceptance is in there somewhere. And realizing that it's something's wrong. Yeah, dabda. Yeah. Realizing that something's wrong is is the first and most important priority. Denial, not, acceptance, bargaining. There you go. Uh, dabda, depression, and acceptance. There you go. Yep. You got to realize something's wrong before you can fix it. Right. That's the first step of that of that process, accepting or knowing that you have a problem. Man, well, it, we've been going for fifty minutes, bro. This yeah. Is awesome. So this, so we don't typically go this long, but this is a very important uh, subject Absolutely. for us. And we even talked before we hit record on this on this podcast, knowing that we were probably going to go a little bit longer than our normal thirty to thirty five minutes, um, just because you know this is all kind of a near and dear. All of us have somebody that we're connected to that um, either is going through this. We're all going through this. Um, and so it's a very important issue for, for us. And it doesn't have to be an issue, right? It should just be, I don't know, a topic, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, what we're talking about. So this is mental health awareness. And um, if we appreciate if, everybody sticking around. Yeah. Yes. And if you, you know, if, if this touched you at all or whatever, let us know um, in the comments, if you need help, whatever, uh, we'll find out. There's always resources everywhere in this country. All your departments have some sort of resource that will, that will help you. So all of our uh, DMs are open. So with that being said, guys, we had talked about off the air through text message that uh, we would like to try to do like a moment of silence um, for firefighters that are passing away uh, almost each and every day in this country um, due to whatever, from suicide to heart attacks to, you know, some sort of um, industrial accident at work. Um, and so we'd like to do a moment of silence uh, each podcast for the individuals that have passed away. And, um, and we're going to do a blanket statement, say all the individuals, um, that way we don't miss anybody. Uh, we would, that's the last thing that we want to do is miss anybody. Everybody's incorporated with this. And so um, maybe a uh, five second moment of silence on the podcast for firefighters, uh, EMTs, first line uh, responders that have lost their lives either on duty or off duty. All right. Yeah, we, we talked about, yeah, we talked about, I mean, worldwide, there's probably at least one a day in the first responder, you know, realm, be it, you know, police, dispatch, fire, EMS, whatever. I mean, there's got to be at least one worldwide a day which is one too many but yeah right. michigan has lost two this week so yeah crazy and obviously we know about buffalo yesterday yeah right um okay well on that somber note um uh, i'll do a quick recipe um <laughs> so my recipe this is terrible maybe we should have foregoed it um is uh funeral potatoes chopping oh, jesus cut. I love meatloaf. It's my favorite meal ever in life. Um, that's definitely. Freddie already did meatloaf. I did meatloaf last week. Oh, you did? Jesus Christ. Two weeks ago. Oh, no. Well, you're going to have a Crash. second meatloaf recipe. All right. I guess I, we're going to have yeah, to I put like, our meatloafs up against each other. I like meatloaf. Meatloaf versus hey, meatloaf. Don't let your meatloaf. Yeah, remember? Because you, uh, you said if somebody doesn't like meatloaf, oh, that's right. you should tell them to get out of here. Jesus. Sorry. My We're really in the weeds right now. Oh, yeah, totally <laughs> in the weeds. Well, you're going right, to have meatloaf. two two meatloafs then. So take it. What's so special right. about your meatloaf? Who's, what's special about it? There's just yeah. maybe the, uh, nothing special about it. I like to smoke my meatloaf, though. Oh, oh okay. There you go. That's what's special. Right. See, there's that's a, different. There's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> smoking that meat, boy. <laughs> my meat. My smoking meatloaf. That meat. <laughs> you got a real pretty mouth, boy. Make you you to me. Smile like a donut for me. Have you guys ever made uh, meatloaf with turkey, ground turkey? No. Why the hell would you do no. that? That's disrespectful. Because yeah, I had a heart That's attack. Illegal. I can't have too much red meat. Well, then do something else. Jesus Chicken. Christ. 
Disrespectful. I'm not saying that's what I was going to do. You're disrespecting everybody in the world's grandma right now by making <laughs> damn meatloaf with turkey. Get out of here. He just he just said I'm doing a meatloaf recipe too. It starts with ground oh, yeah. turkey. It's got ground turkey in it. Get out of here, California. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Next, we're going to add some avocado toast. Dang. Jesus. Wow. That rough. Oh. Who's got the rookie tip for the day? <laughs> Here's, a rookie. Here's a rookie tip. Don't make fun of your co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a rookie tip. Don't make meatloaf with turkey. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Unky, is it you, baby? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, we're going to talk about uh, legislation next week. Oh, good one. It, yes, it affects everybody from a volunteer to to the city firefighters to federal firefighters. Absolutely. And there's everything's going on. You know, a lot of fire departments watch the news while eating dinner. People kind of need to pay attention to that. Uh, see what the temperature is of your local council and your federal and your state levels. Um I don't know. There's a lot to go on on to it. Oh, yeah. I know me and Freddie, we were involved with the International Association of Firefighters together when we were officers. Uh, but all this stuff affects your life and that firehouse, be it from getting funding to cancer legislation yes, to mental health right legislation, um, all kinds of stuff. So it's we're going to go over the that. now. It's just not it's not just the now. It's the later, too. Yes. It's more importantly, the later. Yeah, I, it, you guys are unionized. All of us are unionized. Um, <clears throat> talk to you. Yeah, you don't lo- have to be union to do no, this. But talk to your local reps. They'll have they'll have key uh, information that can they can pass along with this because they're they're they stay in the loop with the legislation. The most of yes. what they're doing is legislative stuff. They're not dealing with your department. They're dealing with with legislation. And if you're like a volunteer, you don't have. Of course, you don't have a union. Um, look into your state organization. They are affiliated with the IFF, yep. but you can talk to them and they'll explain to you what's going on in the firefighter world. Um, so and how to help. They're really good. Yep. Yep. It's all about getting those votes and getting things passed. All right. So we're going to go over that. It's one of many things in the fire department that we do that a lot of people don't think about. Right. Which back to Jason Ware's comment from a couple of weeks ago, things he wanted us to discuss the things that we deal with and see that the Joe Schmo public, you know, J- Joe taxpayer doesn't have any idea what we're talking about or, or, or any idea back. about, yeah. <laughs> or any idea about it at all. And that's just part of it. So yeah. Hey, awesome episode I want you- boys. Yes. Two things I want y'all to remember. Freddie said it. Um, well, let's go back to Kenny first operation yellow tape. There are too many of us to ever feel alone. All right. Y'all reach out to Kenny. His Instagram is operation yellow tape. Check him out. Be glad to give you some information. We're, we might, We'll probably get him on the podcast at some point. I'm yeah, sure we'll get him in. On. Yep. And it's okay to not be okay. That's all I got, man. It's okay to not be okay. Nobody's okay. All right. I like it. Does anybody have anything to add? It's a good way to end. No, I'm a, I'm going to see Nick tomorrow if y'all want me to do anything weird to him. Hey, what time do you go past through Emporia? You're uh, not, not far from me. Give you a hug in the morning. Yeah, I'm passing through Emporia about 10. I got to stop and see a buddy in Row Wrap in Carolina. A 10? Uh, on my, yeah, on my way to, uh, I, think it's, I think it's Four Oaks, North Carolina, somewhere. It's just southeast mm-hmm. of Raleigh. I didn't know Carolina had a whole uh, had whole hunting outfitters, but they do. So I, I guess they've come that far north from uh, South Carolina. was always, you know, my uncle used to go to Georgia. Um, but obviously, you know, they breed like crazy, so they're spreading. So we're going to try to go down and slay some hogs and get some fresh we're, swine. We're, I like it. Okay, Dougie, why don't you uh, tap us out? Tap you out? How do you want me to tap you out? Yeah, choke you. Choke you. <laughs> All right, hey, look. It's okay to not be okay. Doug loves you. Uncle oh, was this you. in the podcast still? We're talking about Freddy hog hunting you. in the podcast? Yeah, what the hell, man? <laughs> Red-blooded know. Americans around here. We, shit, we took It's a part of here. his self-care. He's doing like, self-care. Everybody I'm needs going, to do self-care. I like I'm going to spend the weekend at Carolina Razorback Outfitters with one of my best friends and one of his friends. And uh, don't judge. It's 2023. That's okay. They owe us 20 bucks. We're going we're gonna to spend, <laughs> maybe, we're going to spend a good weekend of fellowship and we're going to have some cold cans and maybe a little brown liquor and we're going to have a fire and some good 90s music, some 90s country, and Nick's going to cook us some good food. It's going to be a good time, man. That, you know, Matt mentioned getting out of your bubble. Go and spend time with your friends, man. Do things that you enjoy doing. 
Spend time with people who love you unconditionally. That's the key, unconditionally. All right? So Good self-care. So, Yep, that's it. It's okay to not be okay, man. Doug loves you. Unky loves you. Freddie loves you. Matt loves you. Nick loves you. DM us if you need to, all right? We got you. See y'all next week. Later. Shoo.